This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? This is Kevin Klein. I'm back after a week off in Italy. Your Los Angeles Dodgers. 50 games through the books now. Your Dodgers are 33 and 17. Face value, that would be a great start for the Dodgers, but they're coming off a three game series sweep where the Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, have defeated the Dodgers. I can't believe I'm actually saying that, that the Pirates swept the Dodgers at home in Dodger Stadium. It's the first time the Dodgers have been swept at home in a three games or more series since 2018. And the last time they've lost a season series in its entirety to the Pirates, you got to go back to 2016. Dodgers fall tonight, eight to four to the Pirates in what kind of was a blowout. Uh, we got a lot to get into, but what a disappointment. Let me pass the torch over to David Rosenthal to get his thoughts on the Dodgers play thus far. Well, first of all, welcome back, Kevin. Uh, I hope your gallivanting around Italy was, was fun. We missed you last week. Secondly, that was a complete shit show. That was the equivalent of last year's series at Wrigley Field against the Cubs when they played that doubleheader and everything went wrong and then they played another game and it was raining and it was just awful. We all are worse off human beings for watching that three-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. We all feel worse about ourselves. We wasted our time. It was a complete disgrace to the game of baseball. And secondly, the Pirates manager is like straight out of the 1920s. I've never seen more bunting. I haven't seen a reliever ever, a closer ever, throw 50 pitches in a game. I mean, this guy was just teleported into the 2020s, I guess, from 1920. Overall, awful. I did not enjoy any of that series whatsoever. Jake Reiner, how's it going? Let's hear your thoughts on the Dodgers being swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. There are two silver linings here, gentlemen. One, yes. One, the Dodgers will never have to face the Pittsburgh Pirates again in the regular season. By some miracle, they make the playoffs. We'll talk about that then. Number two is the fact that the San Diego Padres have been playing even worse than the Dodgers over this stretch, and they haven't gained any ground in the standings. So that's the good news. Everything else is terrible. Um, you had the Kimbrel blown save after the Dodgers clawed back and uh, Justin Turner had a clutch hit. You thought the momentum was swinging in the Dodgers' favor. Then Kimbrel comes in, his first appearance with a one-run lead. It did not go well at all. Uh, the Dodgers end up losing that series. And to David's point about David Bednar, uh, going two innings he blew the save in the initial inning and then came back out to get the win which was uh quite interesting and then the the rest of the two games when walker bueller and julio urias put you down for nothing right off the bat in the very beginning it's it's tough to come back just in general and the dodgers were able to come back in game one weren't so much able to come back in game two and then game three they had so many opportunities to win that game or to at least take the lead. And they just could not do it. They could not execute 
with runners on base, less than two outs, runners in scoring position, they fell absolutely flat. The Dodgers as a whole this series hit a total of five for 28 with runners in scoring position. They fell flat on their face in the last game. They went three for 12. That five for 28 equates to a 178 batting average. The base running was also horrendous as well. We saw Chris Taylor try to stretch going from first to third. He was out. Gavin Lux, I don't know if that was on Dino or Lux, but a shallow center field fly out to Brian Reynolds. He got thrown out at the plate. Um, among others, I believe some guys were picked off in the earlier games. I think Freeman had one in the second game where he tried to stretch a sing- a double, a single into a double, was thrown out. So I don't know if the Dodgers need to hire Chase Utley as their base running consultant because right now it's looking really bad in terms of their base running IQ. I, I agree with you on, the, on, on everything you just said, except for the Lux one. The only thing that I thought in that moment was – they're not scoring anyway, so let's just try and make something happen. The Pirates had to make a perfect throw to get him, and Lux has a lot of speed, so I didn't hate that one as much as you did. But, yeah, overall, the base running, what is going on? Especially the pickoffs, too. There was like four pickoffs in one game, I think. He ain't Usain Bolt, and you don't give out runs at home plate. You just don't do it. I just felt like the way that the Dodgers just weren't coming through in those spots, just, I don't know take a chance in that in that in that position all right well let's go back into uh yeah the starting pitching was not good Urias and Bueller disappointing outings for sure but I want to get into this Craig Kimbrell blown save because we actually had a couple questions regarding Kimbrell is this a reliever that you can trust as the closer moving forward that's one of the questions I got to give a shout out to the listeners in a second but let's just start with what's going on with Kimbrell recently uh, over his last seven games, he's got a 9.95 ERA. It seems like he's giving up runs in just about every appearance as of late. In the month of May, he was pretty bad. He had a 6.30 ERA for the season. He's got a 4.80 ERA, a 1.40 WHIP. That's over 15 innings. The strikeouts are there, but I don't know. Craig Krimble, every time out thus far, or the last two weeks or so, has been pretty shaky. He's not been good. Uh, I My level of concern for Craig Kimbrell is about a five right now. I think he's good enough to right the ship. Uh, I think he deserves a little bit of a break just because he hasn't really been pitching in save situations that much in general. He's kind of had long stretches where he hasn't pitched, pitched back-to-back, and all of a sudden have to pitch back-to-back. So I think it would be, benefit him to – get in games more granted you know i'd rather the dodgers win by 10 every game but it's a long season it's still you know it's june 1st so he's got a long way to go and i think he's he's in the right spot to write the ship in terms of the dodgers uh pitching pitching coaches and 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 staff yeah i have i i my i have a pretty high level of concern here only because with the injury to trinan they moved into the 60-day il uh the dodgers need help in that bullpen uh i don't fully trust K- Craig Kimbrell or Daniel Hudson for that matter. I mean, Daniel Hudson, has been, Daniel Hudson has been shaky at times. So I don't really trust either of them with my full confidence. Um, they need some reinforcements badly because especially with Craig Kimbrell, he needs at least a two to three run lead, a, you know, a cushion to come in and f- sometimes a four run lead in order for him to get the save um, and we saw what happened with his first appearance with a one run lead and he blew it. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it doesn't look like he has full command uh, of his pitches. Um, he's a little wild, and he's just been he's just been hittable too. Yeah. So the two questions regarding Kimbrel come from at Dodge sixteen underscore twelve. Should we be worried about Kimbrel? And at Dodger twelve fourteen, what do they do at closer? It's become clear that Kimbrel cannot be counted as the guy moving forward. I think it's still a little too early in the season to jump to that conclusion. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's only blown one save. He's ten for eleven. Uh, we need to see at least another month's worth before we start talking about a change at closer, because I'm with Jake. I don't think they have a clear cut replacement at closer yet. I don't think Daniel Hudson can just outright start closing all the games for them. And then Bruce star Gratterall, I think he is better suited for a middle, middle to late inning relief role, but not necessarily the ninth inning. I think that might cause him to fold under pressure, but I mean, I'm looking at the advanced stats with Kimbrell, and it appears that he's a little bit unlucky. He has an expected ERA of 270 on the season, an expected batting average of 174 opponents against. Uh, it seems like a lot of the hits that come off him are just kind of lightly hit, kind of soft contact that somehow, somehow rolls to doubles and triples for whatever reason. So he's not really giving up the long ball, so that's good overall. So I think it's just got to give another month. And yeah, as we get closer to the trade deadline, that's when we start to talk about maybe we get some reinforcements. Yeah. I mean, they have no long-term commitment to him. He's a free agent after this year. Uh, They can cut ties with him or not, or remove him from the closer role at any point. There's no only Jansen situation. So it's going to be fluid if he, if he continues to struggle, but as of now, I think you just let it ride. And I think that's what they're going to do. So real quick, do you guys know when the last time the pirates swept the Dodgers was? I do. So when? I'm not going to say it. Say it. They said it on the TV. It oh, was 2000, did? right? Okay. I got a trivia question for you. Name the three Dodgers starters who pitched in that three game series. Was it Kevin Brown? Nope. Was it Chan Ho Park? Nope. Was it Is- Ismael Valdez? One for three. Was it Carlos Perez? Two for four. Well, give me one more. I'll give you a hint. Big contract. Darren Dreifert. There you go. Darren Dreifert gave up seven earned runs in four innings. Carlos Perez gave up five in three innings. And Ishmael Valdez also shit the bed. So, yeah, those are the three, like, worst starters on that team. Yep. Little Brian Goodwin, Mark Grzelanek, Gary Sheffield, Eric Karos, who was in the booth tonight and needs to shut up for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Let's get Dontra Willis back out there, man. He wanted to make – it sounded like he wanted to make out with Key Brian Hayes out there. Anyway, Sean Green, Dave Hansen, Adrian Beltre, Todd Hunley, Alex Cora. Well, well throwback. That, that team that, wasn't very good anyway. To Karras and Hayes' credit, Key Brian Hayes was just fantastic on defense this entire series, and I would he love was. To, the I whole would, pirate the whole Pirates team was. Yeah, I would love to see the Dodgers get some defensive prowess like that in the hot corner because we don't have that spark. It's been a it's been a few years now. <clears throat> I want the, Pir- the Pirates not only owned us on defense in this series, but also the one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yep. we went one in five for this season against the Pirates. That is just unacceptable. Michael Chavis killed us. He went eight for 17 with a number of extra base hits. And Brian, Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. And then some no-names just hitting home runs out of nowhere. 
I, I can't even name drop the guys because they're just so irrelevant, but maybe they're going to be future stars. Uh, Jimmy Anderson, nine inning complete game, one earned run in that 2000 series. Who else pitched for the Pirates? Was it was was Schmidt on that team? Uh, let me see. Jimmy Anderson was game one. Uh, game two was Silva. I think Carlos Silva kind of shoved. And game three was. Oh, not Mike see. Schmidt. What am I talking about? Jason mean, Schmidt. Yeah, That's I, I knew what, what you. Meant. I knew what you meant. Yeah, didn't even bother correcting you. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Mike Schmidt. Uh, game three was some fool named Serafini. <laughs> That's about all I know. Yeah, that was a uh, Jason Kendall Pirates, right? Yeah. No Barry Bonds though. Nope. Yep. Little Brian Giles though, or mm-hmm. yeah, Brian Giles. It's like Jack Wilson too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I don't know why we're so stuck on this 2000 Pirates team. Both those teams were nostalgia. No, Can't 22 years. 22 years ago. Some bad teams. Anything else you want to talk about with this awful series or can I move No, can we just flush this down the toilet and never speak of it again? All right, cool. Let's highlight the month of May overall for the Dodgers. They went 20 and nine in the month. Mookie Betts was just on another level. 12 home runs, 27 RBIs. He had 10 doubles. He had 342, which equals out to 39 hits, scored 31 runs a 1,157 OPS. I think he had a number of Dodgers records too. It was like tied or broke the most runs in a single month for the Dodgers. I think his 12 home runs was the most he's ever hit in a single month for his entire career. Just, and then Mookie Betts in this, uh, this meaningless ninth inning hits another home run. So he's up to 16 home runs on the season. Now, in my opinion, he's the front runner for the MVP. Uh, Just great stuff from Mookie Betts thus far in 2022 and probably with that home run now he pushes his war for this season 50 games in i bet that's a war higher than his 21 2021 season overall now which was 3.5 i think he's probably up to 3.6 now in 2022 and there's still 112 games left you know what's crazy to me is that mookie betts is 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 on fire paul goldschmidt is on fire and yet it was Francisco Lindor that won player of the week in the national league, which I, I don't understand that at all. Cause all I mean, those idiots go to bed. They don't watch the West coast games. It's, it's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, Mookie Betts has been so fun to watch, not only for his hitting, but his defense and his, and his base running has actually been quite adequate. Um, he's just, he's just coming through when the Dodgers need him to on most nights. And this is the Mookie Betts that we all traded for when we, well, we didn't trade for him, but like when Andrew Friedman traded for him, this is the version of Mookie Betts that we envisioned. And that's what we were talking about a few weeks ago when he was really struggling in April. Uh, Kevin was the, the one of the three of us who stuck with him the most. Me and Jake were kind of a little bit worried. We didn't raise the panic button fully. It was 11 Kevin games in. It was, it was more than 11 games no, it wasn't. in. I went it back and more, listened. No, no, no. It was more than 11 games in. I went back and listened. Well, we did it in the, pre, the next episode after that. So, again, to Jake's point, this is the guy we saw in Boston. And slightly in 2020, this is that guy. Uh, he's second in baseball and war right now, like Kevin just said, uh, trailing Machado by 0.1. This is what we traded for. His, his isolated power, which is going to get updated on fan graphs, 
will probably go up again, but it's like 300. That's the highest he's ever had in his career. And ISO just means you just look at the raw power. So thus far, 300 ISO is goat status. Mookie Betts is just hitting for all the power right now. He's got 50 runs already. Yeah, it's bonkers. 50 runs, 50 games. He's scoring one run a game. Edwin Rios had a pretty good month of May as well. Finished with an 892 OPS. He had six home runs, 15 RBIs. Guy is striking out a lot and appears to be cooling off a little bit, but pointed out. He can't hit the curveball. Big man Rios. Trey Turner had a great month as, as well. Slash line of 313, 375 on base, 504 slugging, four home runs, 24 RBIs. I think he had six steals as well. Justin Turner also had a solid month, 773 on base plus slugging, three home runs, 20 RBIs, and Freddie Freeman, 891 OPS, 15 doubles, one home run, 20 RBIs. My only critique of Freeman is that I would like to see him hit a few more home runs because I think he's only up to four, and that's a little bit uh, underwhelming. Yeah, I would like to see him come through a little bit more with runners on too. I just felt like there was a couple of moments, especially in this Pirate series, where a, a big knock from him would have really, really helped or at least a fly ball. And um, yeah, no, nobody was coming through in that series. So I guess that's that's sort of the uh, the overall point there. But um, yeah, overall, you can't really complain about this team and, and, what, the, and what they've accomplished so far. Um, they are the tops in the national league, uh, they will separate themselves from the rest of the pack even more. Um, it's just unfortunate that they had a weak pirates team that they could have separated so much more from the Padres uh, as the Padres can't seem to score a run. Um, when Manny Machado is not at the plate. So that's the only, that's the only drawback to this pirate series, but I'm glad that it's over with and we're on to the Mets. <laughs> I want to get to some guys that sucked now during May. <laughs> Obviously, Max Muncie headlines that. 164 batting average. The Dodgers had to place him on the IL. They're claiming that he aggravated his elbow when he bumped into the wall trying to make a catch. I'm not buying that. I think he's been playing hurt all season. There's just no way. What wall was he crashing into? I, or the screen. It was whatever, oh. went at third base. Um, but – I know you guys elaborated a lot on Max Muncy last week, so we don't really need to get into that. But now that he's been officially placed on the IL, I think he's going to be out for at least a month, dating back to when they actually placed him on the IL. With that injury, they added Kevin Pillar, who we've now seen three or four games out of. A little bit underwhelming at the plate. The glove is definitely there. It's something they needed for sure in left field. I like that aspect of his game, but got to see the bat do a little bit more. Yeah, I've got his first hit as a Dodger tonight. Looked like he tweaked a hamstring, though, so I don't know how much we'll be seeing of him in the next couple of weeks. That is true. We'll get bring that up later in the show. Uh, Cody Bellinger, underwhelming, 233 batting average, no power whatsoever. Chris Taylor, 229. And then Will Smith hit 217. Those were the guys that stood out to me. Any name that I didn't bring up, that means they did average, so you're not in my bad you're not in the bad spot right now. Hanser Alberto has been a little underwhelming, even though he, he notched his first home run of the season the other night. Um, it's just, he's, he's supposed to be the guy that they bring in against lefties and be that Albert Pujols type of role. Uh, when that, when there's a left-hander on the mound, it just feels like Pujols was 
way more effective uh, as, as in that role last season as opposed to Alberto so far this season. Yeah. I, I, you know, his clubhouse value is clearly there. Yeah. But on-field production has not been there whatsoever, like at all. Swung at ball four and five today. Uh, Chris Taylor was getting, getting a lot of the brunt for trying to go to third there. But if Alberto just kept the bat on his shoulder, we wouldn't be in that situation to begin with. So food Al- for thought. Alberto has been more like Alberto Cayaspo as opposed to Albert Pujols so far. For <laughs> Pretty underwhelming. Well done, Kevin. Sheldon Noisy is the, like the bottom. And then you go up one. There's Hanser Alberto so far. Got to see more from him. Otherwise, in a month or two, I'll be talking about the Dodgers got to DFA him and get someone that's actually productive because you could be the coolest guy in the clubhouse, but if you're not producing on the field, I don't care. (laughs) Some pitchers that have been phenomenal month of May. Tony Gonsolin headlines that. He finished with a 193 ERA. He went 4-0. He's basically, he's been there like the the blood he's been the guy to stop the bleeding and he's the one next up against the Mets so we'll talk about that series in a couple of moments but Gonsolin headlines the Dodgers starting pitchers Tyler Anderson I'll take my L hopefully I don't jinx him now but he went 4-0 in the month of May had a 309 ERA Andrew Friedman just continues to be the wizard at finding guys that no one wants no one wants and then turning them into these legit arms and then Julio Urias despite going two and four still finished with the 309 ERA, just not getting the run support like he did last season. And then relievers, Evan Phillips was awesome. Uh, 090 ERA. That's a closer candidate right there. Yancy Almonte also an 090 ERA. And then we talked about the struggling Kimbrel and then Phil Bickford was not too good either. 463 ERA. And he got sent down to AAA and, I just saw online he gave up like three runs in OKC. So I don't know what's going on with Bickford. I think it was just a casualty of too many pitchers. I think that's all it was. He has options. Nowhere to put David Price, who's still on the roster, which befuddles me, frankly, at this point. But Ferguson's going to be back tomorrow. Grove is going to be sent out, and Ferguson's going to be back tomorrow. I'd imagine Bickford comes back once his 15-day window is, is up as well. I don't know why Michael Grove was up in the first place. He's really not ready for the majors. And that was, yeah, he never pitched in triple a. It's kind of an unfair assignment, you know, that was exposed tonight. Even though it was in the later innings, he gave up three runs. All right. I'm excited about this series. The Dodgers host four games against the New York Mets. This is my national league championship series right here. I'm calling it now. The Mets have the best record in the National League. They're 35 and 17. Their offense is second behind the Dodgers in all of baseball. They got second best OPS 750. They got the second most runs scored. They're hitting for power. I mean, Pete Alonso, 13 home runs, 47 RBIs, 892 OPS. And then you talked about Lindor being the National League player of the week. Well, he's 10 for his last 27, which is a 320, 370 batting average. Drove in 11 runs. Mark Canna, I like him. He's hitting 299 on the season. Jeff McNeil's hitting 318. Starling Marte, 286. And then there's a case that Brandon Nimmo is the all-star center fielder right now. 376 on base. They just have a lot of bats, and they're all producing. 
Yeah, this is going to be uh, an interesting test for the Dodgers. Probably their biggest test so far this season. Uh, the best competition that they faced so far this season. And for a series like the Pirates, I'm not saying that the Dodgers didn't get up for that series, but you get up for this series. That This Mets series is something that you get up for, and it's something that the Mets are going to get up for, and it is going to be... Um, I hope a really good series. And I hope that the Dodgers um, kind of get that, that bad taste out of their mouth after getting swept at home, that they take it to the Mets at home. They have home field advantage. You know, the stadium's going to be packed. Um, there are a lot of New York Mets fans that live out here in LA, a lot of New York, you know, LA transplants, if you will. So, you know, that the Mets will be well-represented at Dodger stadium. And I, I I'm, I'm expecting a really great series. It would be great if the Dodgers were able to take three out of four, that may be a tall task, but you know, I, I think that it's very, very doable. They're going to face some tough pitchers too. You got uh, Chris Bassett in there, Peterson in there and uh, Taiwan Walker, who I believe last year gave the Dodgers a bit of trouble too. Um, I think the fourth, the fourth one is TBD. So we'll see what happens, but we've seen it the past couple of years. The Dodgers tend to play up or down to their competition. So I think the Dodgers will get up for this series. They'll put this one in, in the rearview mirror and pretend it never happened, which is what should happen. Yeah. The first game of the series is Taiwan Walker, 283 ERA early on in the season. He'll face Tony Gonsolin. Uh, the final game projected to be Trevor Williams, who, ironically used to be a pirate he'll face Julio Urias uh, in the middle we got Chris Bassett against Tyler Anderson and David Peterson against Walker Buehler and it's pretty amazing that the Mets have been able to hold it together despite not having Jacob deGrom throw an inning for them this season and then they lost Max Scherzer probably a couple weeks ago he'll be out six to eight weeks with an oblique injury which kind of bums me out because I really did want to see Max Scherzer return to Dodger Stadium uh, in the opposing uniform and it would have been interesting to see if Dodgers fans oh, gave they would have there they would have booed him mercilessly. I think so too. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going I'm going to the game on Friday, so that would have been that would have been sick. <laughs> would you have booed him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't take the ball in Game Six. Come on. Yeah, that, that was that was it. That was what we got you for was this moment right here, and you couldn't. Come on, you couldn't rise to the occasion. We needed him. And then also it kind of screwed Walker Bueller for this season, I think. Well, I agree. Not that one move, but I'm just saying it's like the, you know, the, the domino effect of it. They, they, they worked Walker Bueller. They, they worked him as much as they could. And he's having a, a tough time rebounding this year. It's just the fastball. Once he gets the fastball on wraps, he's back on track. Maybe Eddie Rosario broke his fastball. Cause if you recall in that, Final at bat, Bueller threw nothing but yep. cutters and fastballs. I remember. Dodgers killed the Mets last season. They went six and one, and they absolutely dominated them. I know they destroyed Rich Hill in one of the outings. Yeah, but they weren't as good last year. They were. I don't. Yeah, they didn't have to face Degrom because he was injured. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a different Mets team, as I mentioned earlier. I think this is gonna. This is their biggest competition in the National League. I think the Brewers are good. And then in terms of the NOS, it's like the Padres and Giants are just both okay. But I don't think either of them are a true threat to the Dodgers. The only reason they're hanging around is because the Dodgers got swept by the Pirates. And 
I don't think this, I don't think you should read too much into that sweep to begin with. I think the Dodgers are just kind of tired. They went on a long road trip, which we didn't really, I mean, they play, they're supposed to play like what 30 games in 31 days or something. Yep. And we're near the tail end of that. Thankfully they got some off days coming up. So I agree with you guys. I think they're going to get up for this series. They know that this is potentially a playoff matchup. So they, the Dodgers got to prove and they want to prove that they're still the cream of the crop in the national. I league. don't, I don't think there's too much to read into that series per se, but there were a lot of little red flags that I think need to be addressed at some point. We talked about the base running. The defense also needs to be tightened up and the Craig Kimbrell question. So there were a lot of glaring things that were revealed. I'm glad early on so that Andrew Freeman can course correct and maybe add some reinforcements here and there to make this team even better. But yeah, those are things that definitely, you know, raise my suspicions of they just need to clean some things up. Just clean it up, figure it out, tighten it up. They will. I'm not concerned about the base running or the defense. I'm not concerned about the base running. I'll always be a little concerned about the defense, but I think they'll, they will tighten it up later on in the season. Moving into a miscellaneous question from Matt at Dubquacker7. Is Tony Gonsolin or Tyler Anderson headlining our trade package for Juan Soto? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how to answer that one. I will, I can answer this pretty passionately. <laughs> uh, first of all, they're not going to trade Gonsolin this season. That would make no sense. I don't think they'd trade Anderson either. The Dodgers aren't going to trade for Juan Soto, period. The, the asking price would just cripple their farm system for years. And I don't care if Juan Soto is viewed as the best player by a lot of fans, he's not going to make the Dodgers better right now. What this team doesn't need another superstar. What they need is depth. Also, if you take Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson out of the rotation, it's like, what do you have left? Mitch White. Oh God. Hype that up, dude. Mitch White pitched fucking good today, Kevin. He made one mistake. He made one mistake. He hung the shit out of that curveball to Reynolds. Other than that, if he doesn't hang that shit, he makes a pitch, five innings, one run. What more can you ask? Well, he didn't do that, and he has almost a five ERA for the season. <laughs> so he's, and he, cl- he's close to being a legitimate I've, I've, option. I've yet to see him like step up against a good team. He doesn't get any opportunities. He faced he the will. Phillies. Re- the Phillies. Well, if we who- trade Anderson and, and Gonsolin, he will. Oh, God. Yeah. So the point being about this Juan Soto trade nonsense is they'd have to give up the Ryan Pepios, the Bobby Millers, the Miguel Vargas, and it's not the superstar that will make your make or break your team. I mean, look at the Nationals. They have Juan Soto and nobody else, and they're bad. you got to have well, the depth. But that's no, because if you put Juan Soto on the but, Dodgers, it's yeah, a completely different Yeah, but you have to give story. up everybody. Well, if you're giving up a bunch of prospects, you're not giving up a lot of major league talent. But they're not. Tra- I don't think they're going to trade him, and especially I don't think they're going to trade him to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers' chance at Soto is when he's a free agent. Doesn't he have three more years of control? I think it's this year and two more. So I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And then he's going to be like a five hundred plus million dollar player. They don't need I him. I think so too. I mean, look at Mike Trout. He's gone nowhere. He's got Otani on his team. He's got Rendon. They're going nowhere. 
it's not the it's not the superstar outfielder. It's the pitching that wins, and that's what the Nationals would try to steal from the Dodgers. So give me all the pitchers. Um, that's yeah, all Dodgers gotta... need the Dodgers need pitching for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's why they drafted twenty of them in that draft. They drafted yeah. twenty but straight I mean, pitchers in that draft. But so, I mean, like now. Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, besides probably getting a bullpen arm at the deadline, if things continue at the pace that they currently are in the this team starts to just tail off one trade target that I actually would like to see the Dodgers pursue is Kike Hernandez. Oh God. What? They need someone. Oh my God. The Kike Hernandez statue. First of all, he is clutch in the postseason, but that's not why I'm actually saying they need, need a guy because he's clutch. They need the depth. about pitching. They need the depth because right now look at who we're playing every day. Edwin Rios, who's starting to cool off. Alberto's been useless. Kevin Pillar might be hurt. He wasn't that great with the bat anyways. They actually need a guy that they can plug in into second base, shortstop, and the outfield on a consistent basis and know that they're going to provide productive at-bats because I think Edwin Rios had to play like 11 consecutive games. All right, I got a trade proposal for the Red Sox. David Price for Kike Hernandez. Straight up? Straight up. Why would the Red Sox do that? I don't know. I was mostly just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Relive the 2018 World Series glory. And my biggest fear also, this is more this is more contingent on if Max Monty isn't able to return. Who's going to play third base every day? You got Justin Turner and then who else? Why not have Alberto? Exactly. That's my point. If you get someone like Kike who can play left field, now all of a sudden you have more opportunities for Chris Taylor to play third base and you can have Justin Turner at DH. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it for depth purposes, but just whatever. He he'll, he would fit, I guess, but I don't think he's a huge difference maker. The defense would help, though. Be huge in the clubhouse. Mm, yep. I guess. And, and you know, he's a fan favorite. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the oh, I know that. Just freaking freak out. Also an expiring contract, so there's no, like, long-term obligations. Yep. All right, Jake. Do your thing. All right, guys. So this is a little fun little thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but let's just uh, pull this up. All right. So this is uh, MLB Pickle. And it is a uh, kind of a Wordle game uh, where each day you get a, you have to guess a random current MLB player. And uh, each guest will tell you kind of where you are and how close you are. Um, and I'll explain as we, as we go through. Um, but to start, we just need a random, any player, a pitcher, batter, doesn't matter, has to be current uh, in the major leagues right now. Okay, do you want to do do tell everybody who's listening what we see on our screen? Okay, so what we see on the screen is you get nine guesses, and then uh, it'll pop up with the name of the player, the team that they play for, the league or division that they're in, uh, what hand do they bat with, what hand do they throw with, um, what uh, country they're born in, uh, how old they are, and what position they typically play. Um, and I'll and I'll narrate it as we go along. So we just need a random baseball player to start. Josh Rojas. All right. Josh Rojas. Outfielder for the Diamondbacks. All right. So Josh Rojas was not the correct player. However, um, 
uh, this player that we're trying to guess is in the NL West. Um, he throws with his right hand. He is American, so he's born in the USA. And th- those are the only right things that we have so far. Blake Trinan. Okay. Blake Trinan. All right. Ooh. So before we get the next guess, uh, the team is correct. The Dodgers are correct. The NL West, obviously. Uh, this this player bats right, throws right, is an American. Um, he's not 33 years old, but he's within two years of that age. Okay, Kevin. So or, we need a couple of years of that age. And he is a relief pitcher. Okay, Kevin. We need uh, a right-handed reliever on the Dodgers. Dan- who's, um, Daniel who's Hudson. Daniel Hudson for the win. <laughs> Snipe. I feel like <laughs> we killed that. Yeah, you guys did. Um, and it says, good job. Today's player was Daniel Hudson. You can share your uh, results. Um, I actually did this earlier. I got it in four. Uh, I started with Brandon Crawford. Um, and then I got to uh, the Dodgers somehow. Oh, I said, I guess Justin Turner. Um, and then I guess Craig Kimbrell. And then I got Daniel Hudson. Okay. So each day they come out with a new player. So tomorrow yeah, it's like Wordle, different. but just baseball. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there's also Pirtle, which is the NBA version uh, based off of Jakob Pirtle. Um, it's random. We can, same, we can try uh, this again next week and see how hot we continue. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, thought that was fun. All right. A couple other things, and then we can probably close out the show. Uh, we're going to be recording after one of the games, but I might as well bring it up next week, or I'll bring it up now because this will happen next week. After the Mets, the Dodgers face the Chicago White Sox. And while they're in the other league, it is worth noting that they will face a couple former Dodgers, which include Joe Kelly, potentially out of the bullpen, who's been horrific so far. 953 ERA, a 247 whip. I think the Dodgers made the right move moving off him. And then, of course, in the Craig Kimbrell trade, A.J. Pollock, assuming he doesn't pull a hamstring like David likes to poke fun at, also off to a, lo- a slow start. Three I'm poking runs. fun at it. I'm just being accurate. That's what happens. Three home runs, 11 RBIs, 226 batting average, 619 OPS. But I feel like Pollock was off to this type of start last season for the Dodgers and then got pretty on fire. But – I mean, the White Sox, let's be honest, they're they're underachieving big time. I think we were all pretty high on them. I think I picked them. Jake might have picked them to win the oh, American yeah. League. They're a 500 team right now. They got some good bats, obviously. Jose Abreu's an elite first baseman. Um, Luis There's Ro- time to turn it around. That, Ro- the AL Central is just wide open. Yeah, they might be dodging Tim Anderson. He was placed on the aisle recently, but knowing the Dodgers' luck, he'll come back in the nick of time. Uh, Destroy us. Eloy Jimenez always seems to be hurt. I don't even know where his health status lies. Pitching-wise, they got some good arms. I don't know how it's going to line up yet, but Dylan Cease seems like a guy who could give the Dodgers issues. They won't be facing Dallas Keiko because he was recently DFA'd. and Lance Lynn's still in the IL, so I guess it's a, a way to Giolito, see. maybe? Yeah, they might be facing him. Good point. He's a great starter as well. So we'll see what happens. It's It'll be a fun series. It, it's a potential World Series matchup if the White Sox can get their act together, but it should be a also, lot. Also, if Dodgers fans are 
uh, upset or annoyed by Craig Kimbrell, just be glad you don't have Liam Hendricks. I mean, that guy is just, you can't trust it. You, th- that's the least trusted closer, I think, in baseball. I, I Really? Yes. Well, he, Mark Melanson exists. Just, yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's worse than Hendricks. I mean... I'm he's telling been, you, bro, he doesn't over he doesn't, most overpaid. Yes. And overrated. I think, I think Yankee fans would disagree with you. <laughs> Chapman. Yeah. Okay. I can listen to an argument, but I don't know. Every time I watch Liam Hendricks, he's always blowing a game. He's got 33 strikeouts over 22 innings pitched, but the whip is a tad high at 129. How many blown saves so far? 332 ERA blown saves. Um, he is 14 of 17. You know who else might disagree with you, Jake? Atlanta Braves fans. <laughs> How many blown saves does Kenley have? At least three. Yeah, well, Liam Hendricks has three, and guess how many Craig Kimbrell has? One. One. I'm yep. still taking Liam Hendricks over Craig Kimbrell. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I'm not. <laughs> He's not Are that you kidding bad. me? Make it sound like he... Craig Kimbrell is the... Is Liam Hendricks, all, he is the active saves leader and he's still good. Uh, debatable about the still good part, but I feel like you're he is still good. We already talked about it earlier. He has a 480 ERA. I know he's not pitching well right now, but he is still good. Trust I don't know me about on this. Still good. You could look at the I, last three, four years. He's been pretty bad. No, I, I, I'm in the middle of you guys. I think both of them are still good. But I want to get back to Liam Hendricks because I don't think Jake is right whatsoever. This guy is a dog out of the pen. I mean, 2019, 85 innings pitched, 180 ERA. 2020. 2019, that's three years ago. Talk about I, now. I'm, I'm moving on the trajectory. 2020, granted, shortened season, still 178 ERA. 2021, 71 innings pitched, 254 ERA. And he's already thrown basically 22 innings pitch this season. So the volume, I think the reason he's blowing saves is because he's high volume. This guy works a lot of innings. So he's more prone to giving up some blown saves. I don't know, man, his, his career ERA as a reliever three eighty nine. I don't know. Like I, I don't trust him. That's because the first, Looks like the first two years. And the whip is bad, too. His career whip is 1.215. That's not good. I wouldn't pay him what he's getting, but I'm still taking him. Absolutely not. (laughs) I knew the White Sox set themselves up with that. But, hey, the Phillies, I'm sure, would gladly take him right now because they can't hold a game to save their lives. It's it's an unmitigated disaster yet again in Philadelphia. Boy, Knable, Jesus. And he's like the best that they, like he's not even the main problem over there. It's everybody else is worse than him too. And he's not great either. Yeah. I mean, not to bash our own daughter's closer, but Kimbrell, 653 ERA, 2019, 2020, 528 ERA, 2021, 226. But we know when he, he was, on the he White was Sox. electric with the Cubs. Yeah. With the Cubs. He, he was like, bad with the White Sox because they had him setting up Liam yeah, Hendricks. It's weird that he can't do that. Well, that's the thing with closers. They, that, that's always been the case. Mm, maybe these modern day closers, but the only one know. that's really been able to do it is Blake Trinan, where he you don't doesn't matter where you put him in the game. He's he just goes to work. Lunch hat, uh, lunch pail, hard hat kind of guy. <laughs> just goes to work. Doesn't matter what inning it is. Yeah, it could be the third inning for all we care. Yeah, we we miss him so much, man. He's the, he, oh. we need him. We need him back. 
I'm glad they signed him to another an extension, though. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And Heaney and Kershaw are on the way back, too. Yes. I was going to bring that up. I think Kershaw is going to do a rehab outing as early as Saturday, and then Andrew Heaney also a rehab outing in the works. So the reinforcements are coming. The reinforcements are coming. Any other baseball things you guys want to talk about? Otherwise, I'm moving over, over to my out of left field. Let's hear it. Just, just want to say oh, that, that Craig Kimbrell's career ERA, 224. Whip under, not, one, under one. Okay. I'm not bashing the career. He's the best closer, arguably, of this era. But the last three years, he's not the same guy that he once was. But I'm saying I that's why I because the because the body of work is there and we know how good he can be. That's why I trust him more than I trust Liam Hendricks. Yeah, it's fair. I don't agree, but it's fair. (laughs) It's more of a what have you been doing for me lately thing. But Kimbrell and Hendricks both got like the same contract anyway. So one deserved it more than the other. And that the one that deserved it is obviously Kimbrell. Anyway, moving on. All right, out of left field time. Uh, This has to do with my time in Italy. Italian time sucks. Let me get, let me just start off with that. Trying to follow a West Coast team while you're in Italy is next to impossible. The the 110. What are they supposed to do about that? (laughs) The 110 times start. You're literally hating on their placement (laughs) on the earth. (laughs) I am. The 110 start times were a blessing because that was at least 10 p.m. Italian time. So I could watch those games. But any game that started at like six o'clock or seven o'clock, forget about it. I was dead asleep. I missed those. There were some times when I would wake up at like six or seven in the morning and the Dodgers were still playing. That was kind of weird, but I mean, at least I got to watch the second half of the game. And then MLB.TV doesn't exist out there. They don't show the games. You have to use uh, illegal sites to follow. Uh, so then the, this, this, the more important hot topic here, this is going to push some buttons, but Italian pizza is, is overrated. Not, I'm not talking pasta. I'm not talking other things but you'll find better pizza in new york city in los angeles than you will in italy i don't think that's an insane take i I mean that might offend a lot of italians but i tried five or six different you're going in on italy right now tried five or six different pizza places and none of them were that great i get way better pizza out here in la well the pasta in italy is unmatched the yes the pasta is unmatched they have right. way better pasta. They have way better olive oil. The weather was basically competitive with Los Angeles. They were both, it's just 80 and sunny every day. Uh, Rome is awesome. They, you can't beat the history there. But yeah, I just wanted to dig into the pizza because I'm a big pizza guy. I'm a pizza savant. There's baseball savant and then there's pizza <laughs> savant, which I run. And you can't be a pizza. You can't be a pizza savant and have CPK on your like top list, Kevin. This is not how this works. You could probably find the audio, but somewhere back in one of these old episodes, I bashed CPK, called them overpriced. Okay, overpriced is irrelevant to this but quality. Discussion. Quality the pizza is not good. We were, were talking when we did restaurant. our restaurant bracket like three years ago. You were the one 
personally guy pushing CPK's ass through the tournament. Yeah, because it's a chain restaurant. You had both of your hands on their ass cheeks, pushing them through because this chain bracket. restaurants suck. That was like the whole joke of the entire madness tournament. We go through all the chains and you realize I like, don't know. I'm gonna have to review the tape on that one. CPK CPK's got bomb barbecue chicken pizza. It's and- okay. It's fine. It's not like amazing. It's fine. I think very like average. all the sit down chain restaurants yeah cpk probably does offer the best pizza because everywhere else sucks round table was in that mix lame olive garden doesn't even have olive garden i think does have pizza and there's his complete ass but when you're there your family at least yep i can't even think um shakey's i cannot stand that place mojo's might be the most overrated thing on this ever even heard of it Really? Nope. Shakey's? Really? No, Mojo's. Yeah. It's Mojo's, dude. It's like potato wedges, basically. All right. All right. Here's my here's my out of left field. Um urinals. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I <laughs> that's it. What if I was just like, that's it? <laughs> yeah. How um, about them? How about them? Urinals. I I can't stand when there aren't any dividers. Mm. Okay. When they're all just wide open, just anybody. And they, and they have it at Dodger stadium. Um, They have them at most sporting events where it's either they're all open or they've got that really just disgusting trough. They had that. (laughs) Those were hype back in the day. (laughs) They had that at the, they had that at the carrier dome in Syracuse. Just gross. If if the, if I walk into a public restroom and that's the that's the situation, either trough or uh, dividerless urinals, I'm waiting for that stall. I don't care. Oh my I, god! Because the place where people shit. Don't care. It's I'm with Kevin. I'm with Kevin on this. I I would prefer the dividers, but you know most people observe the urinal etiquette where it's like you know scattered one empty one empty one. So as long as these people are making conscious decisions, uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, but but at a, but at a packed stadium, they're going every one. So yeah, it's just, not, you just got to keep your how, eyes front, man. How insecure you eyes, eyes front. turned off by dividerless urinals. It's a mental thing. I can't pee when I'm standing next to someone. <laughs> yeah. That's my whole issue. <laughs> you go into the stall. It's like a little room. It's you, you block out, you block it all out and you're able to go. I, I hear you. I hear you. I will purposely wait for a urinal to avoid going into a stall. Like you'd rather the, stand next to somebody. The, if all the urinals are <laughs> occupied and the stalls available, I ain't going in that smelly ass little closet. I am waiting for a urinal. It's not. They. If okay, anyone wants to all, stare the, at my, the, if anyone wants to stare at my, you know what? Then that's on them. I'm that's not. not what, that that's in. not what I'm worried about. It's a mental thing. It's I just get like it. if no, someone I, is I next it. to me, are I you can't scared do you're it. gonna pee on someone's foot? What is going on here? <laughs> no, you're not understanding, Kevin. You're not understanding it. <laughs> it's like someone's it, watching, even though they're not. Right. Exactly. There's, there's pressure. The, there's the pressure pr- to pee. The, yeah. And then, pressure. and then you get to that like 20 second mark with your dick in your hand. You still haven't peed. And then it gets even worse. You're like, right. oh my and God, you've got, this guy and knows you've got the whole line, yet. the whole line behind you. They're not yeah. happy because they're missing the game. And the two dudes yeah. next year, like, look at this idiot. He hasn't even peed yet. Yeah. Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah. He's just standing I, there. with his. I just, I can't relate. I don't know. I will. Anyway, I know, I know that there are other people out there that are just like me. I will I pee you. 
in public if I have to. I don't care. Let the world see it. If a dog can pee in public, then we are entitled to it too. All right. So Kevin is a dog. That's basically what he's saying. I am not going to do the idiot of the week this week. Instead, I'm going to do the winners and losers of the week. The winners of the week are Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates and Johnny Depp for winning his defamation (laughs) suit against Amber Heard. So congratulations to the Pirates of the world. And the losers of the week are us for having to watch that three-game series against the Pirates. So technically, we are the idiots of the week, uh, but mm, I don't really feel good about calling myself an idiot of the week. So I'm just going to leave it at we are the losers of the week. I would rather pee at a dividerless urinal than have to watch that series over again. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's that's clearly off of your last I mean, rant. That's that's saying something. Yeah, thirty seconds versus a, probably a ten-hour commitment. Who who wouldn't take that? It's not just thirty. I'll be there for a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Why don't you put an Excel spreadsheet together and let us know how many minutes you waste annually on urinal on urinal standing? Well, zero because I don't. Because I don't go and use them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's wrap it up, Kevin. All right. Final thoughts time. I mean, just go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm excited for the Mets series just because it's, it's the first, it's the first big test for the Dodgers. Uh, it's the best team that they've faced so far um, minus the Pittsburgh pirates. And I think that um, this is going to be, it's going to be a fun series. I do have a little bit of breaking news. Apparently, Kevin Pillar has dislocated his shoulder. What? I thought it was his hamstring. Well, apparently he popped it back in, I saw. So, yeah, the the headline is Kevin Pillar to have dislocated shoulder examined. And we know that Cody Bellinger had his shoulder dislocated, and that didn't end well for him. I don't think for Pillar it'll be a serious but that could be an IL stint, which, what does that mean? Does that mean it's Jake Lamb season? I think he'll be fine, honestly. If it, I thought it was a hamstring. It looked like a leg injury. So he's had issues with the shoulder in the past, and it, he's just kind of popped it back in and just kind of went with it. So I think he'll be okay. I don't know. My final right, thoughts What are your are, final – yeah, go ahead, Kevin. This is, this, this is the series where we need someone like Cody Bellinger – Will Smith or Chris Taylor to actually finally do something. Mookie Betts has been carrying these sorry asses for far too long. So I want to see one of those guys I just named in particular, Cody Bellinger actually have a big series against a good team so that they can get the confidence rolling because this is where the season really starts to kick into gear. April and April and may are kind of like spring training extended then it gets a little competitive, but June on we're talking summer. Now this is, this is the neck. This is the thick of baseball and this is probably their toughest opponent yet. So I want to see one of these guys get going. I also want to see Walker Buehler and Urias back bounce back. I mean, Buehler has six wins, but he hasn't looked like the ACE that he's supposed to be. And Urias has actually been fine overall, but I want to see him bounce back as well. So Dodger starting pitchers got to get back on track. And Cody Bellinger or Will Smith, they need to have a big series. My final thoughts is the Dodgers are going to take three out of four from the Mets. The Mets are frauds. I don't believe in them. I think they're a good baseball team. But when it comes down to winning big games, I don't think they have the stones. 
All right. Anything else? And yeah, it looks like yeah, David Vasse says IL is a possibility for Kevin Pillar. So we'll see what happens with that. David Vasse of Navian water cool heaters. Navian tankless. Tankless water, water, heaters. water heaters. Yes. That David Vasse. Yes. And he talks about Corona all the time too. <laughs> yes, on his podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This one will also be up on YouTube eventually. And give us a five-star rating if you enjoy the content. Follow us on Twitter. That's where you can ask us questions as well. Uh, and we'll make sure to answer them. And we got some guests coming up. So hopefully that comes through and excited to present that content to you guys. But in the meantime, have a great rest of your week. Let's kick some Mets ass. They are now the second worst fans in Major League Baseball because I've moved the Houston Astros ahead of them in the power ranking. But Mets fans still suck, so keep that in mind. Mark your calendars for June 16th for this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc